Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Final hour of trading on this Monday, June 12th. We have got the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all declining, and this update is brought to you by CBOE, VIX, Options, and Futures. Volatility can be harnessed with CBOE, VIX, Options, and Futures. See disclosures. Learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes VIX. Just getting word from the Wall Street Journal that the Secret Service, which operated recording systems in previous administrations, does not have audio or transcripts of any tapes that may have been recorded in the Trump White House. Again, this headline according to the Wall Street Journal. Stocks are falling today. More weakness in technology on this Monday here with NASDAQ down eight-tenths of one percent, down 47 to 61.70. A Sell-off in tech shares is spreading from New York to Asia and Europe. S&P down six, a drop there of three-tenths of one percent. The S&P now at 24.25. Dow Industrials down 57, a drop there of three-tenths of one percent. Apple slumping 3.3 percent after a downgrade for Apple at Mizuho Securities. Analyst Abe Lamba now has a $150 price target on the stock. This is a name where we think they are highly levered to the install base. They need to expand their install base for the fundamental value of Apple to go up. And uh, unless we see material expansion of install base, it's going to be sales to existing customers, and that doesn't change the fundamental value of Apple in our view, and which keeps us in in this kind of 140 uh, downside and 160 to 165 upside kind of scenario. So right now, Apple is at 144.08, again down 3.3%. Jeff Immelt stepping down as chairman and CEO of GE, bringing to an end a tumultuous 16-year tenure in which he dramatically reshaped the manufacturing powerhouse but failed to win over Wall Street. Boston-based GE up today by 3.9%. Recapping S&P lower by six, down three tenths of one percent. Gold down 220 the ounce, down two tenths of one percent. Crude up four tenths of one percent to 5403 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. Start of the day from our Bloomberg Stocks uh, editor, Dave Wilson. And you're looking at uh, S&P 500 growth stocks in particular. Right. I mean, sort of an extension of what we've been talking about with the technology shares and the way they've been coming down. Because, you know, that particular group is sort of the mainstay of the category you would call growth stocks, companies that tends to uh, – have uh, relatively fast growth in sales and earnings and their share prices, which, of course, contrast with value stocks, where the focus is how cheap they are relative to sales and earnings and also asset values. So uh, S&P Dow Jones breaks down the S&P 500 into growth and value indexes. And we saw quite the reversal in the comparison between the two last week, specifically the ratio between S&P 500 growth and value stocks last week got to its highest level since September 2000. So, you know, we're talking about the uh, sort of immediate aftermath of the uh, bursting of the Internet bubble 
which of course there, there's a lot of focus on given how what technology companies have been leading lately as they did back in 1999 and 2000 when shares were peaking. Well, okay, we went from uh, highest reading since September 2000 to biggest one-day drop since May 2009. That happened on Friday. We're getting a bit more, at least we did early on today. And uh, what's interesting is that uh, after the chart was published, there was a report that came out from uh, Jonathan Krinsky, who was the main chart watcher at MKM Partners, and he figures this sort of value over growth, as he puts it, is more than a one-day wonder. Basically, the idea is that, you know, that there's room for these value stocks to move higher, given that they have been largely, in many cases at least, sort of set aside uh, as stocks have moved up lately. I mean, it's the uh, argument that we were talking about last hour with the Trump trade, presumably, because a lot of that ties into value stocks as well. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. I feel like we'll continue to kind of go back and forth maybe on this growth and value debate, depending on kind of the overall tone of the market, Dave. That may very well be the case. I mean, uh, we, we have seen quite the uh, swings yeah. in the last couple of years. So it's a matter of, you know, how do things lay out? Because let's face it, if the economy does well, then you can yeah. find growth all over the place. You don't need to focus on those stocks the way that you would if uh, growth starts to waver. Next earnings season, we'll see what happens. Um, let's bring in Yelena Shalatova, our senior U.S. economist with Bloomberg Intelligence, uh, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio here in New York as well. Um, no real economic news today, but we have some throughout the week, and of course we have a Fed meeting. Yes, absolutely. It's quiet today, but uh, you know things are going to pick up uh, as the week progresses. So let's start with the Fed. So uh, obviously uh, everybody is expecting a rate hike. It's, a, it's kind of a done deal. It's correct? a done deal, and uh, you know the futures market reflects little doubt about that. But uh, the uh, futures market does not see the next rate increase until the first quarter of next year. So that is interesting. And uh, I think it's really important for the Fed and for Che Yellen to uh, basically tell the markets what to expect. So they will release a new summary of economic projections, which in- will include uh, economic forecasts as well as the new dot plot. So uh, um, at Bloomberg Intelligence Economics, uh, we expect an additional hike in the third quarter of this year. And uh, uh, the beginning of the balance sheet unwind in the fourth quarter of this year. So, uh, and for the Fed, it's really, they've, they've done it in the past. They did tell us, they engineered successfully, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the rate hike uh, in March. And uh, again, we're still here. We haven't fallen apart. Right. And uh, the economy they, hasn't they, fallen they, apart. If they want to, if they decide to tell the markets, okay, we are going in the third quarter, they will successfully do that without a problem. Is there something, though, globally, if we are seeing kind of anemic growth or... In fact, global growth is improving. So they did mention it in the uh, latest set of FOMC minutes as one of the reasons to be optimistic about the domestic economy. And I think that if that holds, uh, that uh, would help them to deliver the next rate hike after all. So one of the big things that uh, they are looking at is financial conditions. And mm-hmm. financial conditions are very easy and they continue easing. And this is one of the key reasons for them to continue tightening policy. 
Because it's too easy? It's too easy, yes. So they want to just pull it in. Right in. I mean, mind you, a move or two or even three by the Fed – we're just talking quarter point hikes. These aren't tr- these aren't huge, right? I know they, it does. They need and, to be careful because yeah. they also want to start the unwind of the balance sheet yeah. before uh, the uh, before Chair Yellen's term officially ends in February of next year. So she wants to put it on autopilot, and she wants to start unwinding the balance sheet. So. That's what uh, we should be looking at uh, uh, in the press conference if she, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tells us a little bit more than uh, was already put in uh, FOMC minutes. Dave Wilson, I'm looking at financials, which I know have had a bounce back since uh, the November elections last year. But they are your third worst performing group in the S&P 500, still up about 4% this year. But nonetheless, um, what I guess what I wanted to ask you is that, as the Fed continues to raise rates, I mean, this is a good thing for those banks because in terms of uh, the rates that they can charge and so on and so forth. Well, it Net is. interest margin is what Absolutely. I'm talking about. Absolutely. I mean, and that's something that a whole lot of people have been anticipating would already have happened by now. And yeah. it really hasn't to the extent that uh, a lot of folks were looking for in terms of that widening gap you mentioned, the idea that they can earn more on their loans and investments relative to what they have to pay their depositors and so on. And it's a matter of, you know, how does the Fed proceed from here in terms of, you know, the way that equation sort of lines up, whether it goes more in the bank's favor or we still kind of wait for that to happen. Elena, just got about uh, five seconds. Got a favorite piece of economic data beyond retail that. sales. Watch for that. It will still show a, probably a rebound in the uh, second quarter of the year in consumer activity. Right. But the, uh, it will reflect uh, low gasoline prices, and it will be weak for the months. Elena Shalate of uh, Bloomberg Intelligence. Dave Wilson of Bloomberg News. Thank you. Let's get another check on World of National News headlines. Here's Nancy Lyons in our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Thanks, Carol. The District of Columbia and Maryland are suing President Trump. The attorneys general from both states say Trump's leases, properties, and other business entanglements around the world pose a conflict of interest. Under the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution, Maryland Attorney General Brian Frosch says Trump is enriching himself and not obeying the fundamental requirements of the Constitution. It puts democracy at risk when the president is corruptible and the payments that he's received may be corrupting him, they certainly violate the Constitution. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says the lawsuit is driven by partisan politics and the president has not violated the Constitution. He says the Trump administration will move to dismiss the lawsuit in the normal course of business. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions will appear tomorrow before the Senate Intelligence Committee and Senator Angus King of Maine, an independent Tell CBS this morning there are several things he'll seek to learn from this from Sessions. What were his contacts, if any, with uh, with Russian officials uh, during the uh, during the period of the campaign? I think that's that's certainly a question that we need to ask. Secondly, a question I'm interested in is what role did he play, if any, again, in the Comey firing? Because at that point. He was supposed to be recused from this investigation, have nothing to do with it. And to the extent the Comey firing had something to do with the investigation, I think that's an area that we need to explore. His testimony will be public. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts. Thanks, Nancy. From the Bloomberg-